What's going on, people? What's up, everybody? It's your boy Versa here uh, on tonight's episode, episode eight, titled and then stored authenticity and being genuine with my boy Theron Lee, of course. How you doing tonight? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty damn good, man. It's at the conclusion of the week or getting to the conclusion of the week, I should say. Got some uh, new ventures I'm uh, cooking up right now that's on the horizon, so I'm I'm feeling good, man. Life's good for you. Yeah, it's great, man. It's always great. Life's good, good for you. Yeah, man. Hey, any day above ground is a great day. Absolutely. So, um, I think we switching things up a, a little bit today, and um, you know, we're in the kitchen, and and sometimes I'm cooking, sometimes my guests are cooking, people, and uh, sometimes Theron Lee's cooking. So I think uh, I'm curious to know what which what the chef got in the pot tonight. So today I got a series of questions I don't want to ask you regarding authenticity and being genuine. So without any further ado, let's jump into the first question. So Ty, what is your definition of being authentic? What is my definition of being authentic? Uh, man, that's that's a, that's a that's a that's a great question. I would say you know. <clears throat> Being authentic, or what it means to me, is is being real, um, mm-hmm. being upfront. Um, mm-hmm. I guess not changing when you're around different classifications of people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now that doesn't mean necessarily that you don't um, adjust, right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and adapt to to who you're around or where you're around. But I would say it's being right. real, being consistent, um, not changing. From person to person, group to group, environment to environment, mm-hmm. um, and 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 being blunt and concrete on what you say, um, mm. and not tailoring it to make it seem better than what it is, and dressing it up, um, because we all know that the truth is the best policy, mm-hmm. and so I think being being authentic kind of stems and derives from from those ingredients, at least for me. I, I guess that's just the topical kind of the topical initial answer if uh you know I, I could i could probably look at it from a different perspective for sure and, and and maybe step back and say it's um it's being who you were when you were growing up um or being who you were who your parents or your family knows because mm. who they who they say you are who your friends say you are might not add up mm-hmm. and i think it depends on how you value or whose opinion you value the most or do you not value anybody's opinion but your own right so um i think that that would be my 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 take on it though to 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 say the least okay okay so i know that in the previous podcast we had a lot that we were in sync with and i think that this is the first time that i'm going to deviate just a little bit from you and um the meaning of authenticity you mentioned consistency in the personality and um one thing that I, that stood out to me was that fact was that consistency across the board with who you interact it's different depending on who you're interacting with now maybe i'm not understanding mm. your complete definition of it cuz i mean i didn't ask you a follow up question but just from what you're saying i i think that you're saying that you know you are who you are no matter who it is and I want to say that it yes, but it means that you know how to talk to different people to be on the same page as them. Right. So you're right. So in a sense, you are changing, but you're still being you to the deep down core of who you are. That to me is the part of being authentic and... <clears throat> I didn't even give my uh, two cents on what authenticity means to me. And um, to simply sum it up is to find yourself. And I feel like it's an ongoing process that never stops. And I want to frame the conversation to assume that the understanding of authenticity already has the notion that you are a productive member of society because being authentic can mean so many different things. Right. And so I don't want to yeah. deviate too far from yeah. the conversation to make it super abstract. So I want to keep it grounded in saying that when you're a productive member of society, it's already assumed that you're a hardworking individual 
uh, you're civilized and you have respect for others, all those good things are already pre already assumed that you have. And so being authentic is on top of that. So how are you being, in a sense, real? Um, and that is my next question that I want to ask is, how does one become authentic? Well, I mean, obviously, we, we know that those kind of preconceived notions are kind of already assumed as a as a so as a society. I would say the main thing though that's kind of interesting is that we know that all those things aren't necessarily true in every individual. Um, not everyone is um, shaped out to to be a hard worker. Not everyone has um, you know those comes from those experiences or those backgrounds where they know how to deliver the message to, to many different people because, you know, people either, people are either sheltered or they're um, introverts. They don't, they don't want to um, have those opportunities mm -hmm. to showcase ability to, to talk to different nuances of people. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, just to kind of transition that into to the next sequence of the question you asked, um, how does, how does one, how does one become authentic? Mm -hmm. Um, shit man i it, it kind of just goes back to you know to to how your you know what your foundation is what um, do you mean by that you know uh, someone that someone that was raised um you know people, people we're we're a victim of our social of our social forces right in our surroundings you know what we're around on a, on a daily a minute by minute hour by hour basis has a complete impact on who we become and, and, and shapes ultimately how we act um now in the last podcast, we talked about those things can be unlearned. However, we know that it's going to be a result of what we're around. So if someone's growing up constantly around um, individuals that are loud, obnoxious, disrespectful, super, um, you know, vulgar uh, verbally, most likely, most likely they're going to end up being that way. Mm -hmm. um, and to them and their and their perspective, that might be authentic. Right. Um as were someone that grew up in a home where there was always violins in the background playing on the classical music. Dinner was at 6 o'clock p.m. every day. And, you know, they had study time with their parents or study time by themselves scheduled at 8 o'clock and then they went to bed. It was always, you know, quiet, peaceful, and mellow. Mm. That might be authentic to them. Right. So I think it really, it really kind of stems from how you're raised, what your background is. And, and what transitions you and launches you from that platform um, is how you become authentic. Um, everyone, like you said, Lee, everyone has a different opinion, a different perspective on what authenticity is. Mm -hmm. And it's not for me or you or <clears throat> the, uh, the the person that's in the White House right now to, to say, um, you know, you're not authentic because only really one person and it's not even a person only god can really say that and only mm -hmm. truly knows who is authentic because it starts in the heart mm. um so it, it goes it goes deeper than just what what you know and and what you're around now it starts it starts as you start being able to talk and make conscious decisions mm. um so i i guess i really haven't answered your question completely as i'm thinking about it That's, you know keep going man. um you're all right you're all right but it's it's, it's a tough one because it is um we're impacted by so much throughout the throughout the day you know and throughout our lifetimes mm -hmm. and um i think in this day and age um, a good a good telltale to 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 really tell for yourself if you are being authentic um to kind of touch yourself is you got to kind of compare and contrast you got you got to be comfortable with looking in the mirror and asking yourself Am I okay with who I am? Both when you were, you know, a teenager mm. and then maybe a little bit older at 20 mm -hmm. and then again at like 25, 26. Mm -hmm. And then you you got to look at what type of layers you shed, what you came from, what you went through, mm -hmm. how you rose up and overcame mm -hmm. and where you're at now to really be able to tell if you've been if you've been authentic. Okay. I think you got to kind of self-analyze and give a self-checklist. Right. Um, to measure up your level of authenticity of yourself, because at the end of the day, it, it's it's what imp you impact yourself the most. Right. 
You said a whole lot there, man. Yeah, nah, that's, that's you know, I can go on tangents, my bad. Nah, it's good. It's good. There's some key points that I want to highlight in what you said. So, the very first thing that you mentioned uh, to kind of paraphrase is nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. Now, you you mentioned that, mm-hmm. what I mean by that is that you're, you are impacted by the things that you're surrounded by, your environment. Right. That's what nurture is. That's the nurture part. The nature part is your genetics. Is right. what your parents gave you. That cannot be changed. What can be changed is your environment and what you grew up on. Right. So, I agree. I think it's a split. I don't know how much of a percentage actually affects what, but there's a certain percentage that you are who you are because of what your parents gave you. Yep. But then there's also the argument to be said about you are who you are from where you grew up and how you grew up hmm. and how you were raised. Hmm. So... The example that you gave, talking about how if you were surrounded by people who were loud and obnoxious, and that's what you were accustomed to, that's who you are. Right. Now, what's interesting is, what if you grew up in that type of environment, but then you went from, in a sense, rags to riches, Mm. right? So now, you became that person that listens to classical music, that has a nice red wine to quiet down. Mm -hmm. Are you still authentic in that sense when you had those friends that you grew up with are you still that same person or are they gonna say you've changed man yeah. like you're not what what happened to you 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 became a sellout like yeah. so how do you how do you how do you kind of how do you how do you how do you define that when when there's two different things that are happening but they're still who you are yeah yeah because you're not able to just you're not able to just sh- shake off your wins right if you even if someone you know, is is a bum underneath the Morrison Bridge for the first forty years of their life. <clears throat> it happens. It's it's all around us. Poverty is is inevitable. If someone's a bum for the first forty years of their life, and all of a sudden they get five dollars, they get a lick, and they go to the, the 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 local penny saver market and they hit that bitch and they hit that sixty million lotto. Mm-hmm. There's there's no there's not going to be a, just a overnight transformation. There's going to be that instant. Oh my gosh, I just hit it. But everything that they've been accustomed to learning in those 40 years isn't just going to go away overnight. There's just no way. Mm-hmm. Um, so to answer your question, I think, yeah, it, it, it's, it's not, it's not going to be a simple task to unlearn and unshake the things that you've been doing your whole life. Mm-hmm. I think uh, if, if someone sees that, they will quickly say, oh, yeah. You know, that person changed my money. Naturally, of course. You stupid? Of course I changed my money a little bit because you're right. I I had nothing. Now I got something. What am I going to do with it is the big question. How am I going to let it affect me? Am I going to still live under a bridge? No, probably not. I got 60 mil in my pocket now. Mm. But am I going to act the same? That's really kind of a, a big measure is like how I'm acting. You know, because someone could be a bum for 40 years and still treat people with respect and be diligent and be consistent Mm -hmm. and then get that 60 mil and then become an asshole Mm -hmm. or vice versa. They can be a dick and a prick for the first 40 years of their life under uh, being a bum under the bridge because they ain't got nothing. They feel like the world is against them. Right. And then they hit that 60 million. Like they open their eyes like, Whoa. Yeah. I've, I've been living, I've been living a very, very closed minded life. Mm -hmm. Let me change that. And then they want to change, but now that changes for the better. So it's an immeasurable comparison in in a lot of ways. It's not completely strong to the left. It's not completely strong to the right. Um, damn, man, it really just kind of seems like it, it depends on context, situation, and, 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 and overall life circumstances because, um, you know, I, I but I always want to keep going back to it. It just really depends on the foundation in which that person came from mm. and those characteristics and those habits that they had leading up to the point that had that defining moment where they became changed. Okay. Because everyone has that moment in life. Everyone at some point, whether it's at year 10 years old, 15 years old, 30 years old, 45 years old, everyone has that life-changing kind of aha light bulb moment. Mm-hmm. It comes to different times. And when you have that moment, it's like, oh, shit. Okay. I, I, I see what I got to do. And I see who I am. This is what I need to make of it. And make sure I don't change this. So when 
did that light bulb moment happen for you? Probably was about 10 years ago. What happened? Um, <laughs> um, it was, uh, it was kind of a, a, a rough patch in my life as far as, um, just family, uh, life circumstances, job market, you know, job situation wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things were low, um, financially. I was not in a, I was not in a, in a good mental position due to that. And uh, I had a lot of countless nights where, you know, things just, I, you know, finding motivation, which is typically, I mean, that's my engine, is motivation. And when I have a tough time finding motivation, I know something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a low, I just had a low, a low week. And, you know, you know, full disclosure here, I mean, there was a point in time where um, I had a, I had a roof over my head, but there was there was there was a long period not a long period there was a short stint where i was i was living basically out of my car um not a lot of people know that and actually that's the first time i've ever shared that mm. um publicly but mm. um you know i basically did what i said earlier in this podcast and kind of self analyzed you know who i am where i came from what i'm good at but more importantly what i'm great at and what are the gifts that God, I feel like God has given me? Mm. Basketball was in the conversation. Mm. Writing was in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but people mm. was was the defining topic. Mm-hmm. And I just picked that one and just expanded it and legitimately did a web. And mm-hmm. man, a couple of weeks went by. And um, once I started thinking about, you know, how I can make this transformation and just leverage you know how to surround myself around people and how to make and how to like put people in a position to succeed once i started thinking about that my life started changing Mm -hmm. i ended up recruiting Mm -hmm. i ended up getting into manufacturing and then you know life just keeps spinning right and you know like i said this is this is about 10 years ago right right so that's great thank you for sharing that uh i think that your viewers now, your your listeners are going to appreciate this a, a lot. And uh, I want to also say that I agree. Being authentic has a lot of reflection and introspection. And it sounds like that's what you went through. And when you went through that hard period of time, and there's usually that type of defining moment when you're at the rock bottom, when you kind of look at yourself, really look at yourself and, and ask, who am I? What am I doing what do I value? What are my principles? What do I care for? Yeah. And those questions help shape and give meaning to your life. And once you start finding meaning, waking up isn't as difficult. Right. And all of a sudden becomes easier right. and easier because now you have purpose. Right. And I think that really ties into how an authentic person comes about along with everything we've said so far about your upbringing, about your genetics, about analyzing yourself. Right. Not just once, not just <clears throat> when you're at rock bottom, right. but on a consistent basis, maybe once every six months, yeah. once every year, look at yourself and say, okay, here's what I've been, this, this, this is what I've done, here's who I am, do I still like what, it, what I am doing? Am I proud of anything I've done? Right. What, what was great about this time, what was not great, and what can I do to improve? Right. I think asking those questions consistently really keeps you grounded. And so a common thing that does happen is that when you become more successful, it's easier for you to lift up and, and not get grounded anymore. Mm-hmm. The whole notion of celebrities being down to earth is such a valuable thing because you're lifted up so high that you're surrounded by these yes men that Mm -hmm. you kind of lose touch of who you are you become blinded right because everyone is agreeing with you and you Mm -hmm. can't do no wrong and so i feel like there needs to be that check whether it's yourself whether it's someone else someone that cares about you it has to be there to keep you grounded and it's incredibly important. And it sounds like you, you did find that in yourself. Um, I myself went through something similar. And, um, you know, it, you, you fall on, it, it's always a story of falling on hard times and, right. and trying to find yourself. But I distinctly remember the moment when um, 
It was years after I've fallen on hard times and when I was starting to get a taste of success. Mm. My oldest brother, who was eight years older than me, came up to me and said, you know, I'm very happy of everything that you've accomplished so, so far. I didn't tell you this, but you were actually walking down a bad road and I could see it. And if you kept that that way, you would have ended up much differently than when you are today. Mm. And so you did something right. I don't know what clicked, but something clicked. And it was those moments that you and I, it's almost a universal thing. You've fallen on hard times and it, it, it could be the, that one hard time or it can be the hundredth time. Hopefully, whatever time that you fall, you come to your senses and you realize something is going wrong Either I didn't tie my shoe correctly or I'm walking funny, but you got to fix something going on in your life or you'll keep falling. Yeah. And so when I heard that, that was incredibly uplifting. And I always wanted to remind myself that no matter how successful I get in my life, I will never, that's a, that's a big word, never and always, but I will never change who I am. I, I am incredibly proud of when I talk to my childhood friends, i.e. like you, and you said you haven't changed at all. And that is the best compliment that someone can give me, is that they've known me for years, they've known the changes that I've went through, but I am still me. Mm -hmm. That doesn't change. And that is being authentic, that's being genuine, that doesn't change. No, and that's, and that's straight up. I think what's interesting about that is um, and I don't know, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know if we're going to end up tackling this or not, but um, everything you said right there is is 100%, is 100%, 110% genuine. But the, the crazy thing about that is there is people in this world, not scratch that, there's people in our, probably our immediate circles, not necessarily immediate circles, but in our, in our life, whether they're associates, coworkers, peers, whoever, <clears throat> that probably don't understand and might secretly be like upset at the fact that you've been the same or they might question that you've been the same and i i always have a tough time understanding that like how is someone that has only known me has known me less than a few years able to say why are you like that you shouldn't be like that mm. when you don't know shit about me mm -hmm. that's just a little spin off but i'm like there's a such a there's such a better way to to, to deliver the curiosity because I know that's what they are. Right, they're curious. Right, I don't think anyone's intentionally out to like, you know, poke poke fun, stab stab at the personality, jab whatever. I think it's always coming from a curiosity perspective or a wonder. Mm. But the message is always delivered so atrociously, and it's it's mm -hmm. like it makes you not it makes you even want to give less of yourself mm. and that's probably why that's probably when those times those questions come into wonder like who is why is versa act like that who is versa why why is he he's always you know this and that like mm -hmm. do you am i wrong to like do you ever get the sense of that in in, in your life at all 100 percent, man yeah and and so that's that's okay that is a <clears throat> great thing that we can segue into the next topic perfect thank you <laughs> so I'm so glad you brought this up because what I've noticed in my life personally and what you've just shared is that people will start questioning you or start trying to call you out on things that they have no say in, honestly, because no you, frame you, of reference. Yeah, you, you don't you don't have enough experience and shared values with one another to say you're not being who you are. Well, I think one of the big contributors to why that happens is because our society in the United States has set such a high precedence on your, your persona of who they think you are rather than who you actually are. <clears throat> that once you do something different that they believe that it's not fitting their frame of reference on how they think that you should look, you're no longer that person to them. It's in question. So for instance, I remember when I was in grad school, we were told that we had to dress professionally when we're at school. Right. So we had to wear dress shirts to lectures. When we were in labs, we had to wear white t-shirts and a black, sh black shorts and everything was very standard. 
standardized. So everyone blended in, and there was no individuality in that sense. Right. Boring. Right. To an extent. So when that happened, I played my part. I put on my professional cap, and I did my thing to the best that I possibly could. Right. The first moment that we hung out together outside of class, and we were just in a social setting at a friend's house, and we were just drinking, I was dressed completely different, and I was talking differently, because that's who I am. And all of a sudden, people kind of looked at me sideways, like, what's, what's going on? Like, <laughs> are, you, are, who are you? Right? And so that always boggled my mind because i'm i am who i am Mm -hmm. it's just you you see me and know me in a certain context Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that's who i am Mm -hmm. just because i'm theron lee the student doesn't mean that carries on in my entire life Mm -hmm. i'm not theron lee the student when i'm playing basketball i'm theron lee the basketball player Mm -hmm. when i'm playing basketball I'm Theron Lee, the grocery shopper, when I'm grocery shopping. I'm not the student when I'm grocery shopping. That'd be obnoxious. So I think that's where the disconnect happens is that people just kind of have this rigid understanding of like, okay, so what do you do for your work? Oh, you're a recruiter. So you do the recruiting thing. And that's that's all you are. So they stereotype you and frame you in this way. And all of a sudden, when you do something that doesn't fit their model and their understanding of what it is that they put you into... Then they start questioning it. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not the large majority of people that do that. But there are a certain amount of people that do do that. Right. And um, it's there. Not to say that it's non-existent. It is definitely there. Yeah, it's there. But I would say to that, that means nothing. That no. means absolutely nothing. Because yeah. it, it's, it's, just, it's just noise. And it's insecurities manifesting through and people's way of how they tact- tactlessly answer your que- ask you questions. Yeah, yeah. Basically, just a poor delivered message that really they don't even know how to, they couldn't handle the answer even if it kicked them in the teeth anyway. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like social media has a lot to do with that type of a blame. I mean, that's just, that's just the day in the life that we're in right now, whether it's the snap, the Twitter, the, the maybe not so much the book, um, obviously... IG majorly, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean that's you can blame almost blame social media for almost any damn thing in this world that's bad anymore. Let's just put it out there. I'm right to make no, that claim. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean we can go on for days, but the one thing that I will say about social media, and I, I'm sure people are aware of it, but you can't hear it enough, is that social media only highlights your best. Mm-hmm. So all you're seeing is other people's highlight reels. But you don't see them on a normal, everyday basis Mm-mm. where things are just normal. Mm-mm. There's nothing spectacular going on. Mm-hmm. You're not on this wild vacation with this super cool background of this nondescript place that obviously has palm trees. Oh, I, where are you? I don't know. But it's definitely cool. You're doing cool things with cool people. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's not how real life works. And so that, in a sense, IG personifies everything that we talked about. People are trying to create this whole persona of themselves. So they only choose specific pictures that fit what they want you to see. Right. Rather than who you actually are. Right. 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 Like a a, a really common one is obviously in every single photo, someone is, I mean, this is, this could get really deep. And again, we're spinning off, but if every single photo from the time someone had an IG to the time to the current day, they're always smiling. You know damn well in their life they're not smiling every minute every day like that cheesing that hard i get it camera comes on you're supposed to say cheese and crack a smile right but not those highlights that you're talking about is a consistent theming pattern that you know is not the real case right because right. everyone has every everyone at some point in time in their week or their month has a gray cloud over them right it's inevitable it happens it's it life. happens to everybody right and so the way that it forecasts and it projects, it, it really sets us up, sets some people up for um, a really a really tough thing to, to shake. Mm-hmm. And if you're not able to, I don't know, it seems like if you're not able to really, if you don't have the opportunity to show who you really are or give the people an opportunity to see who you really are behind the social media, to me, it's almost like you're non-existent. Right, right, right. Because it's, it's only a facade of who you it's are. It's only a facade. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so let me just segue into the next question and, and, and just go with this one. So with that being said, when what we talked about, 
why is it so hard for some people to express themselves? Um, shoot, I want to pick on social media again, but not, that, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not going to be the dead horse. I'm not going to be the dead horse. Um, all right. I think. I think it's hard for people. I think the reason why people struggle to express themselves is what people will do with that information. Um, I think. Mm. I remember who I was having a conversation with, but I was having a conversation with someone recently. Um, I think it was at happy hour or something like that. And we, we talked about being vulnerable mm-hmm. and, 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 and basically specifically guys in this point in context, guys being more vulnerable, um, and expressing themselves. Um, but this goes both ways. It, some women have problems with expressing themselves. A lot of guys have, um, problems expressing themselves. And I think it comes back to, uh, we are super protective of our information and who we are and where we come from mm-hmm. because we don't know what the other person's intent and agenda is mm. because a lot of people these days have a hidden agenda. Mm. Um, and either the information is going to be stored for for later to use against you. Some people feel like that. The information is going to be used to go and tell someone else and then they talk about it and dissect it and then bring something else back to you. It's very, to me, at least in my perspective, and this might not be the best outlook, um, it seems like a lot of people will use that information, um, you know, at a later date um, to, to somehow make it come back around to you and twist it around. Not necessarily to have ill will, but to spin it differently to make you seem like you said something that you didn't say. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people have an issue with expressing themselves because they don't know what the other person is going to do with that information. Mm. Um, I would say another a key thing why people have a tough time expressing themselves is because social media and what we put out there, if it's not consistent, it doesn't add up mm-hmm. to what we're delivering verbally. Mm-hmm. That question mark is going to pop up again. Like, mm. wait a second. On your IG, you posting gold albums, Gucci chains, you know, flashy cars, but you ain't dropped no album. You ain't on no record label. <laughs> your chain is sterling silver. Right. And you drive a Honda Accord. <laughs> and it ain't got no front fender. Right. So what's going on here? Right. So I think the way we project ourselves, and we do it to ourselves, people. I think the way we carry ourselves on the camera um, has a huge consequence to what we deliver in person. Mm. And people don't want necessarily to showcase one or the other, you mm. know, so they don't give the information. Right. So, yeah. all right. So, again, there's a lot <laughs> that was said. And let me just try to paraphrase just so I kind of have an understanding of what you were trying to hit at. You opened up all these worms, these can of worms tonight, man. That's good, we, man. We're going to eat some worms. We have a lot of worms tonight. That's good, man. We're going to loosen up the soil with all the worms. <laughs> so, I think your main points on what you're trying to talk about on why people can't express themselves is, one, the lack of vulnerability, and two judgment that comes with big time expressing yourself big time okay now that we and i would say that second one has more weight than the first one right hands hands fucking down right 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 and that is a very real thing that is hard to shake um especially when somebody just simply says just just go be yourself Mm -hmm. do what you love and they hit you with those ambiguous overarching generalized statements to say just you know just be yourself and you'll be happy right okay sure it's it's super easy said and much harder to execute mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. all right true story i haven't shared this ever until now <laughs> i remember there was a phase in my early 20s when i was trying to find myself and in that process part of finding myself was wanting to know more about the opposite sex and getting to know them uh, in, a, in a more meaningful way. And so I looked at people who were successful with, with women and I was like, oh, okay, so you, you kind of have to do this kind of stuff, right? You got to meet them at bars. You got to buy them a drink. You got to show them like a lot of attention. Stupid stuff, straight up. When I, as I'm saying it, I can't believe how dumb this is. I'm glad you can admit that. This disclosure, I don't do that ever <laughs> anymore. I'm a grown ass man, for the record. 
Anyways, I used to be that guy because, you know, you used to be that guy, right? You just got to grow out of it or, or, you, or you don't. But anyways, beside that point. So I saw what successful people did. So I did what successful people did and it wasn't working. And I was like, why is it not? Why? What's going on? Why? I'm doing exactly what they're doing. And I start asking like, oh, is it because I'm not buff enough? Is it because I'm not tall enough? Is it because I'm Asian? All right. That's the last time I'm going to throw out that race card. But <laughs> I asked those. I really did ask those questions. And I was like, man, what's going on? And it took years. All right. When I say years, I mean like eight years later mm. when I came to the realization that I, I, I wouldn't say realization. I would say the mentality mm, okay. of not caring what others think about you. Is so incredibly liberating that it makes you more vulnerable, but much more authentic. And people judge you actually less is what I've discovered Hell yeah. is is when you don't care. But that does not mean you're careless right. with what you say. Big difference. Big difference. Big, big difference. Huge. Not caring what other people think implies that I'm going to say what's on my mind in a very tactful way. I'm judging the other person. I'm seeing their reaction. But at the same time, I'm truly saying what I feel. And so that's always had a positive reaction. And ever since then, you know, I've actually attracted a lot more people towards me when I'm when I'm when I'm very real. And I, I don't care. I don't care what you think, because. All, it, OK, really? Yeah, you, you are probably judging me, but it's probably for that split second. And you're going to forget. Yeah, you're not going to do anything with that information. And there's nothing really to do with that information. I'm just telling you something that's a part of who I am. Right. And so. When you're honest, you never have to backtrack and try to think about what you said because there's nothing to think about. You're just being who you are and you're being honest. Right. And so that's the MO that I kind of work on is that, A, I really don't care about what you're thinking about me. And two, I'm honestly expressing myself. And three, the rest is just going to take care of itself. And that kind of encompasses like being authentic to the core yeah oh you definitely i mean you hit the nail on the head on a lot of a lot of stuff you know if you if you don't give the person a a leg to stand on as far as what they what they care about like if you don't necessarily give yourself the mental time of day to like wonder what they're thinking yeah you're gonna be in a much much better stable and 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 mentally free state because at that point, the, the second you start caring about what other think, others think, and you're worried about what you're delivering, you're you're like doubly mentally fucked. Mm. You know, you're 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 doing the work of thinking for two people. Mm-hmm. It's already bad and hard enough. It is mm-hmm. making conscious decisions on your own as a person, just for one person. Mm-hmm. But you try to put yourself in the mindset of someone else. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna, it's gonna that's gonna be a really really uh, strong mental battle to be fighting. So. I agree with you 100% as far as not caring, but not being careless. And I think not being careless um, or being careless, but not caring are definitely distinctly two things. Um, Very different. And (laughs) again, how someone delivers a message and how someone delivers information is can be the difference in, you know, that raise in the job or... Um, that conversation with that friend to get them over the hump from someone they lost mm. or um, that uh, that encounter that you just had with a CEO that you didn't even know because he was just in the grocery store shopping, getting groceries for his wife who's sick at home and you just led him down the right path, him or her down a right, a wrong or right or path. So, I mean, you really have to think about all those, you know, your, the delivery of your message in every situation. That's why I... I I live by a, a select few mottos, but one motto that I, I kind of hang my hat on is you never steer anybody in the wrong direction because you don't know where they're going. Mm. You know? That's that's really good. I, I, really I've, good. I've lived by that, and I was kind of in that self-discovery, not self-discovery, but that, that low moment in that about ten, 8 to 10 years ago. I was like, you don't know where these people are coming from mm-hmm. and who they are. Unless someone's going to like try to come at you and hurt you, you have to treat every encounter with diligence. Right. Um, 
You know, so I mean, that, there's a lot of weight in the, in that what you just said, Lee. I like uh, that. Yeah, no, okay. So, uh, full disclosure, I'm gonna steal what you just said uh, and and incorporate it into my life because that's that's really good. I, I I'd appreciate you sharing that one for with me. Um, with that being said, I want to ask you my next question: Are there any role models that you draw inspiration from? <sighs> like, like, like famous, like. Famous, like, famous people or, like... A dead or alive, famous, non-famous. Like, one specific person or... People. Yeah, man. I mean, you gotta have role models. Um, or, I mean, I guess you don't gotta have role models, but it's beneficial to have role models. And if it's not gonna be that one individual or those one individuals for everything they do, then it can be a combination of individuals for select things that they do. So, can you give me an example? Um, yeah, um, I have, uh, I have an individual that's in my life still, not as much, but he is still, um, he's actually a 60 plus year old, uh, white man, um, by the name of, um, I'll just call him, uh, I should, I'll call him by his real name, Vince. Um, people that know me and know me well might know who I'm referring to. Um, especially as I kind of just explained why he is someone I kind of um, modeled after and kind of idolize, not idolized, but look up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually one of my first supervisors um, in my working career um, as a high schooler and all the way up until um, I resigned from the community center that I worked at um, mm-hmm. after 10 years. And so um, Vince taught me a lot of lessons in my time with him. Um, one lesson that he taught me that sticks with me forever is if you're great at something, don't do it for free. Mm. And this comes from a point in time where I was myself and one of my other coworkers were teaching classes for kids. We were teaching, you know, different sports and stuff like that. And him and I got into personal training and then we started basically um, developing kids in basketball. But the way Vince set it up, I don't know if it was legal or not. The point is, he allowed my coworker and I to step out of the community center pay scale to create our own personal training pay scale because we were good at what we did. Mm-hmm. And we were selling a good product. The knowledge that we were kicking to these kids... These kids were coming back, but more importantly, the parents were coming back. Mm. It wasn't like we were out there marketing ourselves and saying, hey, come sign up for our, our lessons at 30 bucks an hour. Nah, we actually were very fair with it. We sat down and discussed what we thought was equitable for finances as far as, you know, training rates. And we told the parents, like, you know, we're not certified. Mm-hmm. We're just coaches. Mm-hmm. Came back for the product. So Vince, what he instilled us is just, hey, if you're great at something, don't do it for free. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that you can't offer services to people that can't afford it and that are less fortunate. It just means that if you want to get paid for it, you can. Mm. Um, I mean, the man was a businessman that had a lot of good lessons. He, you know, he's retired, he's traveling the world right now. And just the way he went and came in from, um, one community center that he was out in West, West Portland. Um, and he came into this, the center that I was at, we were negative 54 million. He came in and transitioned us to becoming the most profitable community center in the city of Portland where we were number one. Wow. And he did that in a year and a half. (laughs) So he came in and completely revolutionized our whole sports program. Sports was not even on the con, not even in the conversation as far as revenue income in that community center. And he put myself and my coworker, Aaron on the map and boosted that sports program and opened everyone's in that facility's eyes. I just happened to be a sponge on the sideline getting soaking up all this information from him and picking his brain apart on a constant basis. So I think I have many role models, Lee, but Vince is one that um, is not a family member. He's not a a childhood friend. Um, He's not a celebrity. He's a real, normal, down-to-earth, super chill vibe good vibes man that um has taught me a lot of different things about business about people mm. um, but more importantly about ethics mm. 
and how to how to conduct yourself in any situation. So I really tip my hat off a lot of things to him as far as the way I go about and how I approach things. Mm. Vince, I hope you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Shout out to you, Vince, man. I know you over in Hawaii somewhere, man, puffing a cigar with your feet kicked up or something, man. Miss I would you, like man. to meet you one day, by the way. Miss you, man. <laughs> so uh, that's great information. And uh, what I want to do is just kind of share um, mine really quickly. It's just, uh, you know, my, my parents and, mm. and, and my, my brothers have been huge role models in keeping me who I am and staying grounded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not forgetting where you came from and how you were raised. And the role models have added in my life according to where I was in my life. Like, when I was still young and trying to find myself, I had a mentor that I I inadvertently, that he inadvertently became my mentor because I loved everything about what he stood for and he took me in and and really taught me and and took me in and went from a young man to a young adult like he really shaped me up and from there that that kind of springboarded me to other opportunities to where my professors in graduate schools I looked up to them because they were so real and authentic and incredibly smart right that I was like I aspire to be like you when I go out there and, and I do my thing. Right. And to this day, you know, I, I still think about them when I'm, when I'm out doing what it is I'm doing. And I want to make sure that I, I put a good foot forward at the same time. I am who I am no matter where I go. Right. So with that being said, let's wrap it up. And I got one last question to ask you, Ty. Yeah, man, shoot. What is your best advice that you can give to somebody who's looking to be more authentic? Change change different clothes every day and never answer any question the same way twice. There it is, motherfuckers. <laughs> nah. <laughs> um, best advice as far as like in regards to being authentic? Yeah. Um. Damn. I would say... Well, first, before I answer that, I, I do want to set the record straight. Because, I, I mean, I got a lot of different people, um, you know, listening to it. I just want to go back and say, like I said, I have many different role models. I picked... Vince is a very select one because it was so random and I was mm. so young and it was such a a, a a different legacy that he instilled in me. Right. But there was just many different people that I could have chose. Of course. Um, but to go back, I think um, I think something that someone could do is I, I would say I would say take the time to, to think about who you are where you came from and, and where you want to go. So mm. self, self, self-analyze. Mm. Um, I think we do that consciously. I think we do that subconsciously. I, I don't think a lot of, I think it's underappreciated to do it literally and then visually. Mm. There's power, there's a lot of power in seeing something on paper or seeing something on a, on a whiteboard or a chalkboard. Mm. Whatever your visual, visual representation is, mm-hmm. there's power in that. Right. Um, so I think there's a lot to be said about self-analyzing on paper. And there's so many different ways that you can go about it. A quick example that I, that I typically do is I, if you're familiar with a web, you know, grade school, when you're creating your ideas, you put the main topic of the web of what you want to accomplish in the, in the center of the web. Example, if basketball was a topic, I put basketball in the middle. And then I have all these little spin-off legs there's straight lines and you put, you know, um, coaching in one, in, in one leg, you put training in another leg, you put skill development in another leg, you have all these different legs and then you start to pick that apart. Um, so that's one visual representation that I would say would be a, a good key indicator for someone that, um, you know, to either question or better serve or to, you know, be, be, be authentic. Mm. Well said, my friend. What I want to, I want to, I want to leave off with, Three pieces of advices that I think would help anyone, including the information that you shared. Number one is being okay with not pleasing everyone. That means that you'll come across people that don't like you for who you are, and that's okay because that means you're doing something right. The moment that you step across that boundary and try to be a people pleaser, that's when you're being phony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number two 
is read a lot of different books. It really stretches your imagination and builds empathy in ways that you could never ever tap into unless you went into the worlds of books. And that has really opened up my perspective in the world by reading a lot of different books. And that's actually helped find myself even that much more, shedding off those layers and, and truly pursuing that self-expression that is an ongoing thing. I, before you go to your third one, just want to advocate, this man is definitely a bookworm. You can check him out at www.iamabookworm.com <laughs> backslash dot org backslash bookworm. <laughs> Please subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but he ain't playing. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. That was good. Uh, and the last one, number three, is to stretch your limits of your comfort zone. Mm. And I say that because you never know the extent of who you actually are until you are pushed to the limits of where you're comfortable in. Because you end up expanding who you are and you end up learning more about yourself that you didn't know and you uncover nuggets, gold nuggets, honestly, when something, someone is pushing you, whether it's yourself, whether it's someone you care about, whether it's a situation that you're in, push yourself and you will thank yourself later. Those are all extremely important and uh, valuable nuggets, dude. Um, yeah, I... I couldn't have said it better myself. I think between the content that I just delivered on 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 my web and, and those three principles, anyone that's you know listening or tuned in, or if you can pass this on to someone somehow that might be going through some 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 struggles or some doubts, or if you just want to improve and, and 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 beef up your 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 character, I mean, Lee and I we ain't got the golden the golden passage for information, but shit, we just two peas in the pot delivering kicking information to y'all, man. So. Um, as always, um, it's been good talking to y'all, having y'all checking us out. Um, we are, I am, um, on, on Instagram, of course, social media, I know it's a doozy, but I have the Instagram channel, um, here to tell, um, here, H E A R with the number two tell, um, you can go to the Instagram page and just check, check it out, man. But, uh, Lee, as always, good to have you on. Thank you for having um, me. Looking forward to the next episode on, on what you're on and what we're going to kick in the thoughts. It sounds like you got a couple projects in the work, too. I do. I do. Um, I'll definitely be tuned in to that. So, um, people, it's Tuesday, but ride the wave. Have a great week. Finish strong. And until uh, next time, remember, be strong, get strong, and stay strong. Out. <laughs>